Hey everybody, I'm really excited about today's episode. I talked with my friend Amanda Rickman and we had a really great conversation about building a career in real estate and all that entails. Amanda shared about her transition from cake shop owner to realtor and how she sets herself apart by sharing about far more than the housing market through her social media and community presence. We also talked about the inspiration that drives her to consistently give back to the community. Without any further ado, here's my conversation with Amanda Rickman. All right, welcome to the Building Thinkers podcast. Today, I'm joined by my friend Amanda Rickman, and I'm so excited. We're going to be digging into real estate. We're going to be talking about, I think, some career transitions and productivity and just kind of what's going on in this crazy real estate market right now. And so, Amanda, thank you so much for joining today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. All right. Okay, one of the things we like to start off with to get us kind of rooted in where we're starting from is... Is there a story of how we know each other from your perspective of when we met or anything like that? So it's kind of crazy because it was so long ago and it doesn't seem that long ago, but it was a long time ago. It was like uh, 10 years ago, probably. I had a cake shop and I had actually met your husband before you. I met him at the Y and he was on the board or the or he was maybe a chamber ambassador for the beauty chamber. I don't know. I but both at that time. Maybe. I don't this know. Before but... kids. We had lots of time. <laughs> this is before children for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, he came to the ribbon cutting. He brought you and then you would come in and work a lot of times. And you even painted little like cake pictures for me to put on my wall <laughs> in there. And yeah, that's how that's how I got to know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came in and I ate a lot of kolaches during that time period of my life. Yes. I mean, I'm a good 10 pounds lighter because I don't do that anymore. <laughs> no, same. same. Um, yeah, I loved your shop and it was a really fun time. We were living in Kyle at that time and I enjoyed making those little paintings because and it was a beautiful shop. So we live locally nearby, right down the road. And um we also both are Aggies, so Gigum, Whoop, and all those things. Yep. And I think we also share an affinity for alpacas. Because yes. I see back there in your background. Oh, yes. I mean, llamas are fine, but they kind of like, they look like they might cut you. Um, alpacas are so furry and cute, and I strive to have some alpacas one day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just waiting for it because you're closer to that possibility. So I've got my goats and you have a horse and two donkeys. Do you have donkeys? We those have your um, five donkeys and they were actually like originally my mother-in-law's. My mother-in-law lives next door, but they go back and forth between our land because she actually deeded us our land. And I rescued a horse that was on a listing of mine. Um last year but now he has been rehomed because one of the donkeys did not like him and it henry. was just a mess henry henry henry's an elgin now <laughs> oh he has a new happy home so one of the things i'd love to talk about amanda is that transition if you can go back to i know it was really hard to own that business and to make the decision to step away from that to make a career transition and i know that was a long time ago but can you take us back because I think in the last couple of years, so many people have had to do a variety of career transitions and I think that there are lessons learned in there. So anything you wanna share just about that time and that story? I would say, so 
When I went to A&M, I graduated the worst year ever, 2008, whenever the world was falling apart. Nobody was hiring, so I decided to go to pastry school because it was during that time where cake shows on Food Network were super popular, and I was like, I want to do that. And so I went to pastry school, which now I'm like, why did I go to pastry school and spend all that money doing that when I could have just taken some cake classes for a lot cheaper? <laughs> but um, going like a few years up, my father-in-law actually passed away in 2011. And my mother-in-law was like, you know what? Let's open a cake shop. And I was like, are you sure? Okay, let's do it. So that's kind of how we got into the cake shop. And we, we did that for two years. And through that period of time, there was um, my broker now and co-broker, who's actually my real estate coach. They were in the Carrington house, which was right next door. And they would come over yeah. and meet clients there. They would talk to me all the time. And then I met like several other people in the same industry. And honestly, like real estate never crossed my mind, but then our landlord came to us and was like, okay, your lease is over. If you want to release, it's going to be a three year lease. And both my mother-in-law and I were like, we're done. <laughs> we can't do this anymore because it was also before Buda became hopping and there was no foot traffic. Basically we were making wedding cakes and some random stuff for the little traffic that came through and basically paying enough to stay there, like paying rent. So whenever we decided not to continue our venture, I had to just sit down and think, what do I want to do? I mean, I have a degree from a and I, I graduated with a degree in ag leadership and development. I knew I could get a job, but I didn't really want something, after having the flexibility of being your own boss, I didn't really want to be underneath somebody else. Um, and have a ceiling on what I could make. So just, I did research and I actually met with some of the realtors that came in and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get my real estate license. And I remember um, I told my husband <laughs> that I was getting my real estate license and it was 100% commission. And literally I was so broke at the time, like nobody, like I couldn't even get a credit card. They were like, um, you don't have any money. So why would we give you a credit card? <laughs> so I put all my real estate. Make you a cake. <laughs> yeah, like I'll pay you in cake. Yeah. So I put all my real estate classes on my husband's credit card. And I was like, I was bounded and determined to make it work. Because he was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Why would you do that? And I was like, watch me. <laughs> Sounds like a challenge. Challenge accepted. Okay, and listeners need to remember this moment in the story when she talks about where she has ended up. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was definitely a change in pace, and it was very stressful. Um, it's it was a big decision to go to something that was a hundred percent commission for sure. But I was kind of like used to it because really having my own business in the cake world and having overhead to pay. Yeah. That was very similar, but this had the capability of making more money. And honestly, it just checked all the boxes. I wanted flexibility. I didn't want a ceiling on what I could make. I love helping people and real estate is that. <laughs> and I didn't know that I was going to 
fall in love with it, but it's definitely my, it's not just a job, it's a career for sure. It's my life. Amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. So what would you say to people that are maybe in that transitional moment of like, you know, no matter what the career is in, in making the decision to, in your case, close the cake shop and make the transition that seemed, especially at a time where things were rather tight and making the call to invest in yourself and like, what would you say to somebody that's in that moment that you recall that you really thought about? I would say life's too short. Take the leap and do it. And whatever you decide to do, you get out of it what you put into it. So as long as you're working hard, you should see an outcome. But yeah, I think overall life's too short and you never know when your last day is going to be. So jump in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, that really takes us to in all sorts of different industries. People are learning so many different things. And I think that there is this profound insight in simplicity. And so when it comes to real estate now, the career you've had for the last nine years, the career that you've fallen in love with, and uh, she won't toot her own horn on this, but that has been really successful in and has grown so much. What is it that if only people knew when it comes to real estate? I would say if only people knew what realtors really do. I mean, and that's not just like part-time realtors, but realtors that actually put their all into it. It's more than just going to open a door. It's more than selling houses. I like to say um, that we serve, not really sell. Um, it's a sales job, but honestly, like throughout it, you're building relationships. It's more so about like being innovative and learning all the new things that are coming your way. How's the market doing? Um, how can I market things better? Learning how to do Google ads, which is if only people knew what it really took to be in real estate, I think that it would be a whole different ball game because I think I wrote this, but like in what career, what career do you see like people going around town making videos of like, oh, who has the best tacos when you don't even sell tacos? It's because you're like, selling yourself because you want people to trust you. So you're trying to put yourself in your authentic self out there. So people learn to trust and know you before, because I mean, you're going to be dealing with one of the biggest assets that most people will ever have. So you wouldn't just go up to some random person on the street and be like, can you help me buy a house? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you do such a remarkable job at that. You're my run influencer, first of all, on Instagram. I'm always like, which trail is she on? Where is that? These are, these are our Instagram messages back and forth are about things like that. You're a very good, you're a trustworthy influencer um, in all of the ways. And that's one of the things that I've really noticed about just kind of following you and being in the same local space. And it's interesting because we do a little bit more of our life now in Wimberley because our kids go to school there, but we're still, but Jeff's business is still in Buda. So we have kind of multi uh, local friendships around the area. And I see you being so authentic into who you are and sharing. And I think that that does come out just naturally in as you share on Instagram and are making reels and things like that, things that are really meaningful and helpful for people. And then they come to you and it might be a relationship that just starts there and it doesn't come for years until they're ready to sell their home or they're looking or they want to, you know, they have a realtor, but their friend needs one in the area or something. And so I just want to say from 
locally and being around that you do a, a remarkable job at that. And it's really clear too that you do give your all to your clients that, you know, people are in different phases of life and I know some people do that work part-time and that's wonderful. Um, you, you really are, you know, all in. And then I think what becomes really valuable for people about that, um, beyond of course, all the logistics of you're in the contracts and all of that, but is knowing the market and knowing to your point, staying up to speed on the information that is dynamically changing, that is complex in that there's so many factors that that contribute to the changes that happen in the market. It's not like an isolated field where it's only that. It's yeah. um, politics it's, and legislation. I mean, yeah, politics, like listening in on the city council meetings or um, just knowing what's coming to the area, knowing what's like where certain schools are zoned. And, you know, it's just so much um, that you have to keep in front of to in order to like, be the best resource for people. Let's dig in for a moment. This will be our real estate specific section. And the questions that I hear from my friends that like, we are really glad we bought our house at the time that we did and are, so we're not going anywhere. But a lot of my friends are either looking to move and are in kind of these complex situations where they're maybe like coming from Austin, um, wanting to come more this direction or, you know, and so anything you want to kind of summarize about if somebody came up to you today and said, okay, Amanda, what are your thoughts on the market right now? What are your thoughts? Okay. So the past three years were an anomaly. The interest rates were ridiculously low. So all there, and that was creating a lot of buyer demand, but at the same time, sellers would put on their, their house on the market. Buyers would, have to pay a ridiculous amount over the asking price, which I don't know where people were getting this money, but they were paying a ridiculous amount over the asking price to get this lower interest rate. So now they're stuck with a higher priced home with a low interest rate. And now we're kind of going through a correction, if you will, um, <laughs> because they lowered interest rates to do a correction after COVID. And I feel like, personally, I feel like the interest rates were left low too long because it just made values skyrocket a vast amount that now, like, now correcting it because interest rates are higher, prices are coming down a little bit, but people selling their homes are like, dang it, I missed the boat. But it's actually a great time. It brings me back to pre-COVID to where I'm a little bit slower but it's a nice change of pace and it gives each party kind of the ability to negotiate. It's not just one-sided. So on the buyer side, people are freaking out because the interest rates are high, but this gives you the ability to purchase a home and actually maybe get a deal on it. So then, and if you can afford to like at this interest rate, I would go ahead and buy and then you can refinance whenever the rates get better. And there's all different kinds of strategies that lenders are doing, um, like a two-one buy down to where the seller gives seller concessions to buy down the rate for the first two years. And during that time, then you can refinance if the rates get better. Um, and there's, on the seller side, it's taking a little longer for things to sell. And, but honestly, I just think it's more of an equal playing field um, because I don't know. It's, it's, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Now, if it go down to like the fours, that would be perfect. No one can predict exactly what's going to happen. But based on what you're reading and seeing and staying up, what do you think? Where do you think we're headed in the next two years? So the things I've read, and it changes every day because what I've learned is experts in our field can project, but they cannot predict. And it's all very much so directly impacted by inflation. They were expecting the inflation rate to go down a little bit. And as that eases, that typically will make the interest rates go down as well. It's been a little willy-nilly. Um, so we'll see what happens. They're expecting for this year, at least, to not be as volatile as last year with the interest rates because people will get pre-approved and the interest rate would be like, oh, it's 5%, I'm good. And then by the time we're under contract, they're at like 8%, which totally changes what you're pre-approved for. So it was a lot of going back to the lender and having the lender check numbers on certain houses and making sure that they're in a comfortable spot. And I mean, and property values tax-wise went up astronomically too. So um, there was just a lot in it and you have to be there to help people understand and make sure that they're going to be okay once they get in this situation because taxes typically do go up per year so you don't want somebody to buy at the tip, tip top of their budget and then the next year they're already priced out because of the taxes so and this year we're hoping that taxes go down a little who really knows nobody has a crystal ball but um i wish i did but <laughs> <laughs> You'd be really popular. <laughs> Things are sitting longer, and Texas is a non-disclosure state, so the appraisal district doesn't know what things actually sell for, but they're seeing on Realtor.com and Zillow that things are going down in price and things are sitting longer. So hopefully taxes follow that, but we'll see. Otherwise, they're going to be bombarded with protests. That's making me think about one of the things that you wrote in our notes document is about just the time period of the last couple of years and how you decided to shift some of your working style. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I think a lot of people also, this resonates of, we get into this just hustle culture and we get into more and more and more and I really get this because I am a bit of a workaholic at many times and it sounds like you had some of that journey yourself. Oh my Lanta. The last three years were so hard because it was like if you were working with a buyer, as soon as something hit the market, you had to be like, okay, you gotta leave work, we gotta go see it. If you want it, you have to decide now. And it was just so exhausting. I mean, I had some buyers that one couple that was moving from Washington, I think, we put in 17 offers before we actually got chosen. And so it was it was exhausting. I felt like a little hamster on a wheel that wasn't going anywhere because um, you don't get paid until somebody closes. <laughs> but it was exhausting. As the market has shifted, it's actually given me time to step back set boundaries and just because like during that the last three years it actually made me start to not enjoy what I do um I mean I was talking to people from like six o'clock in the morning people would start texting me up until like 10 30 at night and if you know me you know that I'm not a night owl I'm in bed by like nine because <laughs> up and running every morning and running <laughs> so it's yeah, I had to. I had to step back. I had to set boundaries. And people understand that. I mean, people know that we have lives too. 
and not many realtors are good about setting boundaries because you are on other people's time. Like I said before, life's too short and you don't want to spend it all working. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wondering, digging a little further into that, is it something that, so I find for me, this is something that it's some of my own internal soundtracks. It's actually not what other people are even putting on to me. I don't have to respond at that rate, but I'm used to it myself. Let's dig into also working for yourself. I'm also an entrepreneur. I make my own schedule and have clients. And so there are times when I'm definitely on my client's schedule. And so I'm available when they need me. And there's other times when my time is blocked and I'm working on a different project or something that I want to put out into the world. So talk to me about what you've learned about productivity, being self-employed. What are some of the strategies that you've used? You talked a little bit about time blocking. I've played with that too. What's your kind of daily routine? Anything on that? It's definitely hard time blocking as a realtor. And I, it's a goal of mine every year and every year it doesn't happen because you're on other people's schedule. I have like kind of time blocking, like to where I know I'm going to get up. I know I'm going to get my run in because that helps me pr be productive. And then I've been trying to do a little reading. I'm not a reader, trust me. <laughs> and so I dabble in reading and then check on what's new on the market and check in on people. And I try to do like an hour, they call it an hour of power in real estate to where you're just in it to win it. You're checking in on people. You're going through like following up with your database, different stuff like that. Something that has helped me, I will say is, so three years ago, Laura O'Brien and I started a team and we started Modern Roots Realty Group and we only have a few members. There's six of us in all, but um, we hired one person to do operations and marketing for us. So. And she's also a realtor, but we pay her separately for that and tra transaction coordinating. So you like you're you have to be good at delegating some things off to other people in order to make the best of everything. So I think that that's really helped. And whenever it comes to like taking time off or if I'm on vacation, it helps having a team because the team is there to be able to like show a client houses if you're gone or something along those lines, but I don't know. No day is the same. <laughs> yeah. But those, are, but those are the pieces that you have in place that are the bookends and the things that are the non-negotiables. And she is at the trail all the time. It is hard. I will say like, so this year I have a year, uh, a goal of doing a hundred miles a month and the trail like crushed granite is pretty hard to run on. So I've been like, going to Plum Creek to run like so I can run on the road. <laughs> so I've been kind of cycling in some road runs and especially if I'm getting up at the wee hours of the morning and it's going to be dark outside. I like to be in a neighborhood because out there yeah. we might get eaten by mountain lions or something. I don't know. <laughs> Possible. I have not seen mountain lions yet on the trail. But I don't go in the wee hours of the morning. So maybe there's that. I don't know if you give yourself quite enough credit for the discipline of the consistency in running, the setting goals of the 100 miles and all of that piece, because I think that that structure, you have a lot of structure. I don't think just anybody can be in a work for themselves role and find that discipline and success. And so I think that that's really powerful and, and is a, a testament to your willingness to put that stuff in to get it out for yourself and for 
um, your clients. What are some of the things that you find helpful in either research or resources when it comes to real estate or the things that you're trying to learn that you may want to share with people that are in the market or wanting to learn more or maybe other realtors? I would say, so I get on to, it's called uh, Keeping Current Matters. I get on there a lot and a lot, and a lot of it is more on a national level, but most of the time, all our markets are generally the same. Austin is its own kind of little animal sometimes. We're one of the ones at the top as to where people are moving to or, or whatnot. But overall, it's very, it's interesting because it is very much the same market nationally. Just with interest rates and everything. Even whenever I'm doing real estate coaching, like my real estate coach is actually in Nashville. And it's very similar. It's it's very similar, but Keeping Current Matters is a great resource to just kind of look at. It talks about if you're wanting to buy a home this year, if you're wanting to sell a home, if you're, what are they predicting or not predicting, projecting the market to do, but yeah. It's a yeah. Good, good one. Okay. That made me think about your real estate coach. Is there anything that you've learned from that relationship and connection that you want to share that's um, been meaningful to you or impactful? I would say it's definitely a big accountability thing it's expensive don't get me wrong but it holds me accountable to do the things that i'm wanting to do so and he also brings up good ideas of different stuff that i can be doing or different ways that i can market properties i mean it's honestly it's an accountability thing because i'm a huge people pleaser so <laughs> I typically do what I say I'm going to do if I tell somebody I'm going to do it. <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. Okay. So you don't need the run buddy because you've already got that rolling and you know that habit, but this has been one to help you develop into the space and, yeah. you know, grow your career. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think people, you know, especially when they're starting out, I'm thinking back to you shared being broke at that initial moment. And it's so hard to know where to invest when you're starting off. So maybe two questions I have here are, at what point did you decide to invest in a coach? Because I think people are, again, nervous when they don't have the income yet, but they need to invest in order to help get the income. And same thing, let's talk about that first, but then also you talked about your team. When mm -hmm. did you make the call to invest in that? Two big people investments. So investing in coaching, it was, I think, my second year of real estate. And my broker has always been a real Tom Ferry fan, which is a big real estate coaching firm. And so we would go to the different, the conference each year. And she was like, you need to sign up for coaching. Oh my gosh, that's like seven grand. And they were like, I promise that you will double your money or whatever. And I was like, okay. And so, so it sounds like you felt the investment has been worth it. Oh yeah. I mean, I've done it from year two up until now. And I've, yeah. so seven years. It's, it's great. I mean, it, it keeps my mind going, um, just being innovative and learning different things that other people are doing. And it's, they're really big on follow other realtors, see what they're doing and do the same thing. They're not in your area, blah, blah, blah. It's, um, it was a great investment. And then, okay. And now what about the team like that you grew? So Laura and I went to the conferences together and we had a goal of making a team together because we're basically the same person if you've ever met us. I think it was the first conference we went to. We showed up to our office to ride to the airport. We were literally wearing the same thing. 
like same exact pants. It's good because we're very much the same person personality wise, but she's much more organized and like a little more left brained and I'm like, like social butterfly, like, <laughs> so it's a good mix. <laughs> Because somebody has to keep me on the ground. <laughs> yeah, your powers combined. <laughs> yeah, and, and so at the conference, it was when they were doing, they were still doing like breakout sessions. And we went to some breakout sessions about building teams. And, and it took a long time for us to actually do it because we wanted to have it organized and we didn't want to have a typical team. Most real estate teams, you're, the team leads are the listing agents and then they have buyer's agents under them. We are here to create a culture and we want people to market themselves. We want them to have listings and do their own thing, but we want to provide the resources and support and training and everything like that. So people can be successful. Yeah. Ooh, I love it. Okay. What is one current problem or challenge that you're trying to figure out? Learn anything tech related like I don't even know how you did this podcast I'm really struggling on the Google ad front uh, I'm really trying on that I've been listening to webinars um, a past client of mine actually reached out to me because I had posted something about it on Instagram and he was like let me know if you need help with Google because that's what I look like that's my life I think that that's one of the biggest things and on another note just helping people understand interest rates and what you can do with that and how it's not a bad time to make a move just because the interest rates are high. Okay, a few years ago, you could get a house at a great interest rate, but you're paying an astronomical price. Right now, you can actually get a good deal price-wise, and it's a bad interest rate, or not bad, but it's not favorable. But once you refinance, then you're going to have a lower price home and a lower interest rate. So right. it's kind of one of those things yeah <laughs> Just helping yeah that. well that reminds me of one of my friends that came on Erin Schultz she has a, a women's education program around finance so her company's called her personal finance and she's a amazing Harvard MBA that went and did all the consulting route and then started her own company and what's reminding me of that is just the power of breaking down in particular in finance the seemingly complicated concepts to the the simple base of them and the more I talked with her and I went through her class and we really worked together on those concepts the more I realized that it's one of those things within finances and interest rates and all of that that's like kind of complicated on purpose to keep some people not figuring it out. And so I think that there's a big place for realtors to be educators, really, to be in my space of learning and um, taking complex concepts, simplifying them. This is something I see you do on your reels is this is what it means. And then let people make their own decisions, but you're putting it out there to educate them so they can make the best choices for their situation yeah, yeah everybody's that. in a different stage in life and um my biggest thing with reels is just to provide value um and just let people know what's going on out here i love consulting with people with if they're thinking about buying or selling their home sometimes it's not the right time i mean it's 
a case-by-case basis and it helps to talk to somebody, I'm not going to try and sell somebody a home whenever it's not in their best interest, you know? (laughs) I saw that you talked about your investment property. So I wonder, is there anything you would tell people that are looking to start an investment property? So these are people that already have their homes likely, and they're now interested in real estate as an investment avenue. What would you Mm -hmm. say to them? Or what are you thinking yourself? I would say, so I did it a different way. So we built our dream home. So it's not something that I could like sell this home and buy another home. So we actually had to put a big chunk of money down. But if you're just starting out and you're wanting to build a real estate portfolio, it is a very, there's more simple ways to do that. So you could buy your first home with the lowest amount of money down that you can possibly do stay in that home for a couple years because you have to be in your primary residence for two or more years in order not to pay capital gains when you sell. Um, Then you can rent that out for what your mortgage is after you save some money over the next couple of years and buy your next home. And that can be your new primary residence. So you can just keep wash, rinse, and repeat in order to build your portfolio that way. And that's more so like if you're investing in like long-term rentals probably. But we did a short-term rental and we bought a a little house down by Galveston. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a learning experience for sure. This year we definitely took a loss, but. So y'all are, y'all are renting that out on Airbnb or something like that? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And I would manage it myself, but it's four hours away. So I actually hired a management to do everything and she's spot on and I've gotten so many great reviews on Airbnb and VRBO because she's Johnny on the spot when some somebody needs something it's always clean everything (laughs) this is one of our like dreams at some point and part of it is I think it connects into another area that you and I share a passion for which is design and watching way too much HGTV and Amanda's house you can see behind her she has beautiful style the idea of having an investment property to me one of the exciting things about it would be just setting it up like all the design honestly the best part so far is my thought was getting to set it up because like you said, I don't know if I didn't do real estate, I would probably be an interior design because I love it. It's so much fun. That was so fun. And I had a goal of making it more of a Tulum vibe with rattan and, and I don't know. And not like somebody threw up seashells in there. (laughs) (laughs) And so one of the things you're looking forward to is being down there more and I definitely want to go and visit it more. This year, we really wanted to see how the rentals were going to go. So we bought it in March. So it's almost been a year. And we didn't get to rent it out until mid-May, I think. Because we were getting it ready, going down there. We painted walls. We did everything. Changed out fans. But it was interesting because we saw when the slow times were. We saw when the busier Mm -hmm. times were. won't go during those times because we need the rental money to take care of the mortgage payment. But this year I have a big goal of going down there more because we only went down there one time that we weren't working on it this past year. So goals. 
the other thing that I see you doing is giving back to the community. And so in a really authentic way, always to our schools and you're always involved in something that's really supporting others. Can you talk to us about where that comes from for you and what that means to you? My grandpa owned Red Simon Ford in San Marcos and he was a big giver and he always instilled in me to give back to the community that builds you. So real estate isn't just a career, it's also a vehicle to give back because it gives me flexibility, it gives me um, just the capability of giving back, whether it's my time or money. And it's just really important to me and I think that it's it helps build you, honestly. We go to different schools, we stock their fridge. I volunteer at the races that are around town and they're like, almost every weekend. For the, the love of Go, she started this running, this race organization, and she does a lot of races for schools in order for the schools to raise money for different stuff. And I volunteer, me and another girl, Haga, we volunteered doing like the first mile station with water for the last eight years, which is crazy. <laughs> I think she's up to like 30 something races a year. And we can't make every single one of them, but it's fun and it's a good way to volunteer and just see all the people. And a lot of the same people run the same race, run all the races, so it's really cool. Um, I'm a Homes for Heroes realtor, which is cool. So it's a program that people that are in hero fields, like teachers, military, veterans, medical, firefighters, EMS, all those fun people that like risk their lives and do crazy stuff every day. We are doing a program to where like we actually give a chunk back of our commission to those people as a thank you kind of thing. So that's something cool. Easy way to give back. Oh, I love your heart for the community and care for teachers and all of the people that make our community really work without yeah. whom our community wouldn't work. Um, and they don't so get paid near enough. I know. I know. That's a whole, that's a whole deep dive topic we need at some point. Yeah. Amanda, share with us any recommendations, any books, podcasts, any of that that is meaningful to you. I'm not a big reader, as I said before, but Jen Baker on my team, she's really big into giving us books to read. And so she gave us The Go-Giver, which is basically how I work. <laughs> it was a great book. And then she also gave me the energy bus, which I'm still reading, but it's basically all about starting your day out with a good mindset. Your mindset can change anything in your life, really, because if you start out with a negative mindset, you're just going to attract negativity. And then one book that I've started and I have not gotten far into is Girl, Wash Your Face. So we listened to Hustle Humbly, which is... There are two realtors in Louisiana, and they are not in the same brokerage, but they're friends, and it's all about um, community and not competition. So, and it's very cool to listen to them go about like how they've built their businesses and different stuff that's going on in their market, and just it's really cool. And one of the girls was flipping a house for a while, and her going through what how she's designing certain stuff that was really mm -hmm. cool. And then another one I like is called Gold Digger, which is kind of funny because I, I initially listened to it because I like the name, but she's really, she's a funny girl. So it's all about 
making goals and making them happen. Yeah, let's let's go into where can people find you um, on Instagram and all of that. And I'll put all of these links in the episode description. Okay, cool. It's one word, four-legged farmhouse on Instagram. And on Facebook, it's Amanda Simon Rickman. Awesome. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. It was so fun to talk and um, I look forward to continuing to just see the amazing things that you're doing. Thank you for supporting our community. I hope you get alpacas someday so I can come see them. (laughs) And just thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Building Thinkers podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a podcast rating and review. That helps more listeners find us in the world of podcasting algorithms. You can find out more about my learning and development strategy services at buildingthinkers.com. And remember, there's no limit to what you can learn.